Hello, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to Truth Talks Podcast. I'm here with Rodman Schley today. Hey, Mitch. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Always good to be here. Always good to Always be here. Always good. Always good. It couldn't be any better. Nope. Life's good, What's man. What you drinking there, iced tea? Uh, yeah, a little uh, apple juice. <laughs> a little apple juice. Yeah, thanks. Get you loosened up because you're pretty nervous, you said. You I'm always nervous. nervous. I'm very shy. I'm yeah. a very shy guy. I noticed that. Yeah. With all the stuff you do, I'm like, man, how's he do it? No, the introvert. I, I love people, man. <laughs> uh, people are so awesome. You're the opposite of the shy. Yeah, exactly. Opposite of introvert. Exactly. Extrovert, would you say? Yeah, I would say that. I would say for sure. You know, people are just great. I mean, people are so unique. Everybody's so different. Uh, it's crazy, you know, just uh, when you don't get a chance to be a social creature, uh, you know, and you get out there, you miss that a lot, but people are just so awesome to be around. I, you know, I dig people, too. That's why we do this, right? Of course. If you didn't like people, I mean, that'd be kind of weird, right? It would be a little bit If you didn't weird. like people, you're like, what the hell are we doing? I know, I know. You know why you're here today? You know, Mitch, you really haven't told me. <laughs> okay, there's a reason for that, because this one was not going to be where we had pre-questioning. Right, because there's one thing I've known you for a long time. We're gonna get into that. Yep. But you are like the ultimate entrepreneur. Love it. The hardest thing about entrepreneurship, what is it? I'm gonna see if you get this one right. Oh man, hardest thing about entrepreneurship is just doing it. Wrong. I mean, come on. No, that's right. That's wrong. What do you think it is? Spelling the word. <laughs> the E comes before the U. Can you just do it remember right now? that? Yeah, of course. But I'm not gonna do it because <laughs> then I'll probably mess it up. Yeah, the E comes before the U. <laughs> You're at talking the about end. the last one. Yeah, the, yeah, at the end there. It's entree, yeah. dude. I screw I screw it up so bad that spell check doesn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And it's hard. It's Who a hard word. That? It's a hard word. Who named it? I don't know. That was dumb. I don't know. All right, tell me what entrepreneurship means to you, though. Ah, you know, for me, it's just doing what you want to be doing in life. I mean, the thing about entrepreneurship, people talk about risk. You know, it's like, I don't want to take the risk. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. Uh, I've got this steady job. I've got all these things going on. But at the end of the day, you really are almost taking more risk by not controlling your own destiny. True story. I love the fact that I can get up, decide what I want to do, decide how I want to do it, decide how much money I want to make, decide how many clients I want to take on, decide how many businesses I want to start. I get to dictate all that. I don't have somebody saying, Rodman, this is what you got to be doing. You think you went over the top? Because yeah, I'm getting ready to list some stuff. Here. <laughs> uh, you know, I've uh, I've done quite a bit, and yes, maybe a little bit over the top. You, uh, um, yeah, it's over the top, man. Like I was reading through, and it it was like reading a book, mm. and I'm like, that's too much. There can be too much. Does your wife like you? <laughs> yeah, she really likes me. Your kids? Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah, you have an incredible family. I do have an incredible family. You have an incredible yeah. family. Yeah, they, they're, they're good peeps. They are good peeps. They're good peeps. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about them, too, because uh, your wife is an entrepreneur. She is now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big time, and she's doing great. I love watching her. I want to talk a little bit awesome. about that. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right, we'll get to that. Exactly. We'll tell them what that means. You were uh, a commercial real estate magnate. The reason I say this is Elon Musk hates that. He's like, dude, I want to be called a magnate. <laughs> but commercial real estate's where you started, right? Yeah. Well, I started in real estate in general. So, you know, coming out of college, uh, when I got to school, uh, I needed something to do. I needed to make some money. And so I got my broker's license and I started buying and flipping residential real estate as, as 18 years old. Got my, my broker's license. You know, first thing I did is I bought a house and uh, got some people. I rented some rooms out to some folks and uh, was a real estate investor while I was going to school. And then I just started buying and flipping then. So, so real estate's kind of been my background. I got into the commercial side in about 1998, uh, but real estate's always been my thing. That's where you kicked ass, right? Uh, I've done well. I've done yeah. okay. Yeah, I've no, no you've complaints. done better than okay. Yeah, You're yeah. like the president of crap and <laughs> biggest commercial stuff in the world uh, and all that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's been a great, great profession for me. Uh, so much opportunity there. Uh, I, I can't imagine a, going down any other route. But you, uh, you, you're backed out of that some, right? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. You know, it's been uh, it's, it's been a pretty crazy journey. You know, it's been uh, a, a lot of stuff. I, for a while, I was doing so many businesses. I mean, over uh, an overwhelmingly oh, amount we're gonna get of to them. them. Yeah, well, we're I'm gonna sure get to will. them. I'm sure yeah. you will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm, so right now, I'm kind of I'm, I'm not really running. I, I sold the last uh, commercial uh, real estate appraisal company that I had. And now I'm doing some work giving back right now to that profession because it was so good to me. Yeah. Uh, I always feel like you got to keep life in equilibrium. You know, you got to uh, give back to something as much as you've taken from it. Author of a book. Author of a book. You know, that was a weird one. That was, that was nearly 25 years ago. I was 20, 
uh, I think 24 years old when I wrote that on buying and selling foreclosures. Uh, came out with that book, so it's not even in print anymore. Well, that could come out handy now. I'm telling you, probably so. A lot of stuff coming down the pipe, yeah, isn't it's it? It's going to get interesting. Yeah, but it's going to uh, get real interesting. As a matter of fact, I may later on in this segment just get your your opinion on that because that, that's going to be something interesting. Yeah, uh, life's going to be a little bit different um, for a while here. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, to be honest with you, it, it creates opportunity. So you just got to kind of think. It's the perfect time. I mean, right now, everybody, you know, we've got this this COVID nineteen virus, you know, floating around and. People are in quarantine. They're staying at home. A lot of people out of work. Yeah. But, man, I'll tell you what. It's going to create so much opportunity for people if they grab it. I knew you'd go down that road because that's the mindset. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're showing people right here. That's the mindset of an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? Shit is really bad. But let me tell you what. Anytime something's really bad, there's a lot of opportunity coming after it. Well, and I guarantee you this. People have had that excuse for so long. I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the time to do that. Well, shh. I'm telling you what, right now, you've got the time. Yeah. So if you're not doing it right now, you're probably never going to do it. If you're not doing something. So what do we do when we're downtiming it? Doing yeah. podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're building. Building. Right? Building. Looking for that building. next opportunity. Now my favorite, Urban Conversion. <laughs> oh, that's been such a fun TV show. Urban Conversion is, is a, a TV series. And who came up with that? Well, that was me. Started with the bees, right? Well, you know, it started with a lot of things. Um, okay. You know, you know, my wife's very environmentally friendly, very green, what she does. And, you know, I had like 13, 14 companies going. And she said, you know what, Robin, I want you to go out. I, I know that you can make an impact because you've got such a big carbon footprint. You can show people how to change. You can show people how to be different. She goes, just go out. And I want you to learn how to do some of these things. And so, yeah, the first does thing. she even she, know you? No, barely. <laughs> no, she does. She does. Otherwise, she would never stay with me, for Christ's sake. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Either, either way, she wanted backyard bees. She wanted bees in the backyard. And I was like, babe, I don't know if that's a good idea. We got a hot tub sitting back there. I don't want to be swatting bees away while I'm kids. picking the hot tub, the kids. Yeah, all this stuff. And so she's like, well, just go learn about them. I said, well, this ought to be fun. So we, uh, we took a film crew. And we went out and we learned how to tend to bees and raise backyard bees. And it was great. I loved it. Uh, so th a couple things happened. We were, number one, able to educate people on how to do what I was learning how to do. And at the same time, I was able to learn it myself so we could put, them, you know, put these bees into our backyard. Did you know this was a show? Uh, well, it was funny enough where we said, man, we might have something here. So we put together a pilot on it. Uh, said, this is great. We, we sent it in. Uh, and we thought, well, we'll just see what happens. And we ultimately did get picked up. Uh, our television show, uh, well, you know, long story short, but you know, we did that episode. We submitted it. And then we got invited out to the White House to yeah. come and shoot in the White House garden with the uh, White House chef at that time, who was Sam Cass. And so all of a sudden, here we are. Uh, having this one little pilot, and then we're shooting at, at the White House. I'm sitting there, and at that time, the Obamas were coming home they in the middle of our shoot. Checks. Well, they did. We, <laughs> we had to leave a couple of our crew at home. <laughs> but uh, it was great, you know. We, we, You're we, at the White House. We were as freaking shooting a I show know. at the White House. I'm sitting there. I'm watching. My kids are there. They're running around on the South Lawn around that big fountain. I'm thinking, what in the <laughs> hell? How did I get here? Uh, next thing I know, you know, we're picked up nationally. We're airing on PBS. We're airing on the Create Channel, and uh, we air internationally. Uh, that people can watch it on Amazon Prime right now if they want. It's called Urban Conversion. And it's uh, awesome. First two seasons are up. Uh, the third season's out right now, uh, which revolves around this house and my, my wife's business yeah. more than anything. Um, but that season three should be up there probably next year. And you had some stuff to do with the poker tour. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. We had a another one of those things where I just had a friend call me up and say, hey, I've got this buddy who's got a poker tour. Uh, he's out of L.A., and it, it's national. They really want to get on TV. And for some reason, I became a TV expert at that <laughs> right. point. Hey, this guy's got a show on TV, which, uh, by the way, it, sometimes it's really good to be too dumb <laughs> to know that you can't do something, right? We're, we're going to swing this back around, though, because <laughs> here's the deal. This doesn't just happen to normal people. Probably not. It doesn't. Probably not. I can tell you. Here's what happened. You meet a guy who's got a big network and who's not scared to take a chance and, and open to all opportunity. That's who you are, dude. Mm. That's why everything comes to you. Yeah. Right? Because everybody, a lot of people will go and do things, but the, the, you don't all of a sudden do bees and all of a sudden have a show and then deal with the poker stuff and 
filming out there, Josh Blue's comedy show, um, you know, big comedian, big dude, and here yeah, you yeah. are doing that. And I mean, just it's all come to you. But there's there's I think that's the thing that we want to get across to a lot of people. Being an entrepreneur, sometimes people just say it. Yeah. A real entrepreneur is always looking for opportunity. Mm-hmm. Always. You're always open to it. I mean, you're always, open. You're always inviting it, right? Um, not to mention, when you're in that space, it's kind of like people come to you. People know that, hey, I want to do what he does, or I want to understand what he's doing. Yeah. I'm working with a guy right now who, I mean, uh, of all things, he's doing our fences, right? And this guy kind of knows who I am as an entrepreneur, and he's like, Rodman, can I just bring my P&Ls over on Saturday? Can you just look at my P&Ls? I'm missing something. Can you help me figure it out? But that's my everyday life, whether it's the fence guy, right. whether it's the guy cleaning the pool, or wh- whoever it might be, you know? Right. Uh, everybody wants to try to figure out. And I don't blame them. I would be that guy, too. Yeah. And I am that guy. You bet. And you know, I don't know everything. I love it when I run across a guy who's get, taking me to school and teaching me new things. And it's amazing. And an opportunity comes from that. Yeah. It's the craziest thing ever. So you, uh, uh, a little bit about your wife, Gina. Mm-hmm. What do you want to know? <laughs> I know quite a bit about Gina. Yeah, she's great. But she... Uh, uh, she does flower farming. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you know, she's did that uh, come from the show? Well, it didn't come directly from the show. So okay. you know, so my my wife was in corporate America. She was uh, doing a lot of sales, and she was doing it extremely well. And then we had some kids, and she took th- some time off. Right, uh, very passionate about making sure our kids were being raised right, making sure that their, their education was good. Uh, she was so engrossed with what she was doing. It was incredible. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, but got to the point where she's like, you know what? It's time for me. I've got this dream, right? Uh, Robin, you've been out there. You've been chasing all these dreams. You've been doing all these <laughs> business. Uh, this is what I want, right? And I can't say no to that, <laughs> right? Uh, she spent this whole life supporting me and Be supporting my craziness. and Yeah. It, so she comes to me and she says, you know what? I want to do a flower farm. And... Uh, so yeah, we you know, and we Did you say I happen to have some bees. <laughs> we got some bees. We'll make this yeah, easy. It's perfect. It's easy. <laughs> no, she, uh, you know, it, the the problem was is how do you find uh, land in the city that you can grow and do a flower farm on? Uh, you did. I hundred percent by chance. I mean, we we'd almost given up on this like five times. By chance, or is it the entrepreneurship opportunity? It was me take, literally what happened is her and I had a, I forget, we were arguing about something, probably about the fact that we couldn't find a flower farm. <laughs> uh, but I said, you know what, I'm going to take a walk. I got to get out of here. I go and I take a walk and I wanted to extend my walk. So instead of going right on that day, I took a left and I walked past this house, three acres of land, this old farmhouse. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it was sitting there. It was sitting like maybe, I don't know, eight blocks from my house. And I'm walking past this thing. I'm like, this is crazy. And so I go back and I say, Gina, find out who owns this thing. Let's call these people right now and tell them whenever they're interested in selling this property, we're interested. We go do some research in that, but it's under a corporate name. It's under a holding company. We're like, ah, crap. We can't find out these details. So the next, like, it had to be like three days later. I go and I take a walk and I walk past that house. Four sale signs in the front yard. Four sale signs. It's three days later after trying to figure out who owns this house. So I get on the phone because I got my broker's license and that. And I'm like, I call him up and say, hey, uh, what's going on? I can't find this house on the MLS. Uh, is it already, is it pre-sold and you just threw some signs up? And they're like, are you kidding me? And it's like, we just put those signs in that front yard 15 minutes ago. It's like, how in the hell are you calling us <laughs> so quickly? I was like, well, you got to let me know when you flip the, the listing on because I want to be the first guy in that house. Needless to say, we end up buying this house, three acres of land. She's putting in this incredible cut flower and lavender farm. Uh, we totally redid the house in season three of Urban Conversion. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, it, it's amazing to watch her. I said earlier, watching her blossom, yes. She found her zone. Oh, my God. She is totally, in, it, it's totally her thing. I mean, she gets up in the morning, you know, first thing, and she's in the work, and now she's sitting there, you know, in, in, in bed working, and it's just kind of frustrating. But... <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> it's so glad. I love seeing people yeah. when they find what lights them up. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole ticket, right? It's yeah. the whole ticket behind anything. Yeah. Anybody can go work and make money. Yeah. Uh, it, working for nobody. It's a piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah. Really grinding from the time you get up to the time you go to bed and loving every second yeah. of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, producer Chad and I were just talking about that before. It's like, you know, when you when you have a job, 
yeah, that you absolutely just love doing. It's not a job, right? And that's the old cliche. Right. That's what they always say. Yeah. So why did you uh, why did you buy such a girl tractor? <laughs> Hey, that was embarrassing. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm going to tell you something. I was though. embarrassed. I love that tractor. I was, we're only on three acres. You what know, we, we have friends in common. Oh, you're from Missouri, so and we're all like, big tractor. "What's he doing there? <laughs> what, what, what's that?" Yeah, yeah, but it was a John Deere, wasn't it? It is a John Deere. Now I'm pretty proud of that tractor. I, <laughs> I tell you, every time I come in at night, she can we call it a lawnmower? No, you can't call it a lawnmower. It's bigger than a lawnmower. A lawnmower on steroids. It's got a backhoe, man. <laughs> it does. It's got a backhoe. <laughs> It's like three spoons full back. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. It's still got a backhoe. I still feel manly. I'm gonna let you go night. because it is kind of in townish. It is in town. Yeah, I couldn't get a bigger tractor in there. You know, and I grew up in Nebraska. I know right? what big tractors are. <laughs> and yeah, those people, those people would laugh at me. They'd be like, "Dude, okay, Robin, <laughs> look at you. You're farming. Woo! You're killing it yeah, over exactly. there." Exactly. <laughs> me and my little, you know, backhoe and my little. But scoop. you know, that's part of the show too that I thought was really awesome. Was that it's almost like, uh, it's like so real, right? Because it's like, it's just you guys doing what you do and you're educating on a topic. That was really cool. I really dug that. And, and um, I thought that was kind of one of the coolest features of it. Like it doesn't look overproduced. It doesn't look like one of those over crazy produced things. Well, you know, authenticity is important to me, right? Right. And, and just in life, right? I mean, you can always have critics in life. Any, anything you do, right? You're, you're going to have... Every one of them. Uh, if, you get, if you get 100 letters, 95% are going to tell you how much they enjoy things, and 5% are going to tell you you just suck. Yeah. And they're going to be the meanest people in the world. <laughs> and, you know, usually that's not a reflection of you, though. That's a reflection of them. Do you read that stuff? I do. Do you? Yeah, you know, I've got some crazy... <laughs> I mean, they're funny to me. I, I, I get some that literally I, I just <laughs> go, oh, my God. Do you ever say anything back? You're like... All right, you piece of shit. Here it comes. <laughs> no, no, I, I did get. Oh, a, you're so much better than me. I, I can't do it. I, you know what? But the thing is, I'll, I'll look and go. I'll be curious. I'll be like, oh, I wonder what this person looks like or what they do. And I'll, you know, Google them or check them out and see who it is. And sometimes I'm going, oh, well, that makes sense why they're so angry. And then I just <laughs> delete and then move on. The worst one I got was uh, a hobby farmer from Idaho <laughs> who sent me a letter and said, "Listen, I just want you to know that I'm married with two kids." Your wife is so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. And I was like, your wife like, is so lucky? I was like, what in the heck? <laughs> like, what? You know, out of any of these letters that we could be getting, why do I have to have the closet <laughs> hobby farmer from Idaho? Right? Oh, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's interesting. So, anyway, I just. I, I didn't write that one, by the way. <laughs> that wasn't me. I didn't respond. To that okay, one. good. No. So when you when it comes to entrepreneurship, I mean, obviously you are the serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Like like um, first of all, I'll, I'll give you a couple things. Like uh, I've called you a bunch of times, mm -hmm. and I and which is you know what pisses me off now that I think about that. <laughs> what? I've called you up. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm taking your time. Mm -hmm. You make more money than I do. Why do I got to pay for lunch every time? <laughs> hey, it's just part of the deal, man. That's not part of the no, deal. No, no. You remember what I told you? You got to give in, in an equal I amount to what give. you take. Yeah. All right, I'll buy dinner. And I'm not sure I got to uh, take a lot of shit. I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy next time. All right, you, I'm going to mark it. That's on camera. That's fine. Yeah, yeah we got, got that rolling. I promise. So here's a crazy thing. Our paths have crossed so many times. Mm -hmm. We lived in the same apartment complex in Kansas City. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? That is wicked crazy. Same time. Mm -hmm. Never saw each other, never knew no, each other. Didn't have any idea. We've, we've known each other probably 20-some years because we met at a, on a softball team. Yep, we did. You just got, you just got released from uh, St. Louis Cardinals, right? I was horrible. Oh, that's right. I was. I was totally thinking of someone. I else. was really, really like I was the total weak link on that team. I, <laughs> I still look back at those days and I go, geez, I because we had a good team. I mean, we had really good players and and we did very well. We uh, did. Uh, we we used to crush teams and I look back and then I just go, what the hell was I doing on that team? I I'm gonna tell you a secret that I've kept for a long time. Oh, jeez. I'm like. He's really a neat guy. We got to keep him. <laughs> Every one of them voted off the team but me. <laughs> I never wanted to tell you that, but uh, I'm sure my hockey team's <laughs> like that right now. Like, That's why right. The hell you do we keep, yeah, why the hell do we keep this guy? <laughs> I didn't grow up playing hockey, <laughs> but uh, there's I'll, ponds in Nebraska. No, well, mm, no, you don't play hockey if you're in Nebraska. That's if you're true. in Minnesota, you play hockey. We just didn't have any ice growing up, you know. Yeah. So I didn't learn to play hockey till I was thirty-five. Yeah, but you love it, don't you? Oh God, it's such a good workout. Love that stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great, it's great, great sport. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I would dig it too. I mean, I enjoy skating, but I can't stop. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a real problem. Well, no, hockey. there's boards. They'll stop you. Yeah, you, they, you they, will they, eventually they, stop. I guarantee you it. Will at some point. <laughs> at some point, you will stop. We end up doing that, you know. Then uh, time passes. Mm-hmm. I get this crazy thing. I'm filming this documentary for this book series thing mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. And I hear about this nine ball student. <laughs> Nine ball. Rodman Schleif. What the hell? Wait yeah. a minute. No, no, no. That's not what yeah. he does. So we end up hooking up doing mm-hmm. that. Again, another path. Man, that was years after playing softball. Yeah, for sure. That's just some crazy shit how much time our paths have changed. And mm-hmm. how many phone calls have we had like, all right, when are we just going to team up? Because, I mean, the universe is telling us to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't farm. <laughs> so that's not happening. Right, right, yeah. What are we going to end I up doing either. together? Uh, it, who knows? I mean, I mean. Well, I'm op- getting old. Well, I'm getting old, too. <laughs> but we're doing this. We Num- are doing we this. We are doing this, number so this one. This is coming around. And, uh, you know, it's the thing, that's the thing about life. It's, it's kind of like when the right thing presents itself, you'll know it, yeah. right? It, it, it comes to you. So many people try to force the wrong thing, and that's a problem. Um, you know when things are going right and things are going well and th- when things are just a natural, right? I'm watching just, uh, again, my wife with the farming. It's kind of like, man, she is just killing it. Uh, you know, pe- the, the following that she's getting and the people nationally. She was just uh, selected as the number one upcoming flower farmer in the United States. Uh, it's Isn't just like crazy? everything is just falling into place. And you go, man, that's when you know your purpose is aligned with your actual passion. It's a lot of truth. A lot of truth to that, mm-hmm. man. In that whole entrepreneurship, you know, it, it, it is truly, I think, about finding your passion. Because I've you know, I get people that'll call me and, and they'll say, hey, you know what, I know you do a lot of things. And um, the, I had this lady who called me and she's like, hey, I know you're doing a podcast. I'd like to be on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sitting there going, you know, I, I get it because all about entrepreneurship or, or anything like that is based on your network, right? I mean, I've already called you and I know you have your own podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But on our podcast, who do I do? I reach out to you again. I reach out to good old Rodman and I'm like, hey, buddy. Got some names I need you to hook me up with, right? Mm-hmm. That's that entrepreneurship. The bigger your network, the the more opportunity you get to bring people into whatever it is you're doing. But here's the thing that gets me sometimes. Mm-hmm. She, uh, a year before that, she was selling the world's greatest product. And then that product goes away, and now she's got the newest world's greatest product. And... You know, I, a lot of times when I see that, it goes back to what you and I have always talked about, that authenticity. Mm-hmm. And authenticity is not about how much of a product you can sell. Anybody can get rich selling anything they 100%. want. 100%. But it will come back. It always comes back, and next thing you know, you're no longer rich, and you're no longer happy, you're no longer satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I think some people misconstrue what entrepreneurship is. Uh, to me, it's about finding that passion and what you love. And then letting all that energy come to you. Do you agree with that or not? 100%. And, and, and matter of fact, you know, it, it, if you look at it, we talked a little bit about those times where I had just too much going on. I mean, I think I had like 13, 14 companies at one time. Yeah. I, I was working my fingers to the bone. I, it, it was more about the cash flow than it was about the business for a lot of those businesses. And I thought that was the way to go. I thought, okay, I'll just multiply my efforts. I'll multiply the number of businesses I have, and then I'll just make that much more money. Uh, it, it's kind of that, that maybe that rich dad, poor dad philosophy of, you know, just getting a vehicle, getting yeah. a vehicle, getting a vehicle. That just didn't work for me. And it, it might work for some people. That's great. But for me, all it did was to drive me into the ground. I mean, yep. it, it really got, and that was like in 08, uh, 09, actually. Uh, that's kind of when I, I came to my, my revelation about what it was doing to me personally and how it was affecting me. I felt the same way. Yeah. I felt the same way. It was like, uh, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, y- you know, you, you get on paper. Mm-hmm. And of course, the IRS loves you because they're like, man, that's a big number. Yep. But by the time you pay everything, do everything, you're like, oh, wait a minute, man. I am killing myself for peanuts here, man. And it was just because I had the same kind of philosophy as you get a bunch of vehicles and there you go. And, you know, I've had one staple that I've continued to do over time and, and it's always produced and always done well. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, again, you just kind of develop different passions. I have that kind of entrepreneurial type of, of feeling, too. It's like, do a whole bunch of stuff, and, and uh, this is what I know about you, and this is something that I think absolutely has to be out in the open. I don't think you've really ever done anything for money, have you? No. No, I, you know, I'm just not a money guy. I mean, I, I love it. 
Right. I'm not going to, you know. It's good. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like to, to, to have that security and that, that, right. that wealth and such? But, but that's, not the, that's not the first thing that comes into my mind when I'm looking at an opportunity. I think that's why you have it. Yeah. Because it wasn't the first thing. And you'll hear that over and over and over again. If you're doing what you love, the money will come. 100%. And, and the other thing, it, it, it's, it's kind of like that window that you give out of. You know, it's, I've always believed that if you get up and you're doing something that's going to give to somebody else, you're constantly giving to other people, you're always going to be taken care of. I it's agree. It's always going to come back around to you. It's always going to come back. You know, like, I feel like tomorrow things could go to hell in a handbasket. I'll be okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, you know... I'm not worried about it. It almost scares me with you because next thing I know, you'll be like, hey, dude, I just, I'm starting to build airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> what the uh, hell? You don't know shit about airplanes. No, I'll be, be more worried if I come to you and say, hey, Mitch, I'm moving in. <laughs> yeah, so true. You better yeah, take me. not happening, dude. I can't take you. I mean, we got a garage. We can do that. No, you, it, it is. It's the same philosophy, yeah. right? It's like you take a guy like yourself, you get chopped at the knees on something. It's like you're, you're like them frogs, right? Next thing you know, man, a couple days later, there they are. They got their damn legs again. Yeah. And um, that's called axoplasmic flow, by the way. I oh, probably didn't know that. No, I had no idea. No, see, we we're educating everybody. No idea. You know, the thing, the thing about it is, though, you talk about getting chopped at the knees. If you're not getting chopped at the knees in life, you're not, in life, you're not taking enough risks, right? True story. Uh, to me, you've you got to be out and figuring it out. You've got to be taking chances. Uh, so many people are just too afraid to even take the chance. They'll sit there and they'll debate. They'll, they'll tell you every reason why I can't do this or I can't do that or I shouldn't do this. Or I sh-. They'll give you every reason why they shouldn't, but... That's because they're afraid of failure, right? They're afraid of failing, but they look at the failure, and if they're really smart, they'd understand that's how you learn. Right. And I still remember somebody came up to me at one time and go, Robin, how is it that you are just successful at everything you do? I was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, I fail more than I succeed, but boy, when I succeed, I knock it out of the park. Right. And then the stuff that I failed at, man, I learned a lot. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? A hundred percent. That's why we do Truth Talks, because uh, we want people to tell their story, and, and then people learn from that, right? A hundred percent. So it kind of fast-forwards you. You don't have to actually screw everything up yourself. You can <laughs> let somebody else do it and kind of learn from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's the total thing. But when you talk about, because here's, here's what somebody, if I, if I was looking at you and knowing all you've accomplished mm-hmm. and all the big stuff that you've mm-hmm. done, here's what I might say. I might say, dude, you're full of shit, because uh, <laughs> when you got a lot of money, how big a risk are you taking? But you didn't have always a lot of money. No, no. As a matter of fact, we grew up with almost no money. Yeah. I mean, when I grew up, you know, I remember, you know, living with my dad. My parents were separated at that time, and we were living in this apartment, and the only way that we were eating dinner at night is, you know, my dad was the, my high school principal, and the cooks uh, in the cafeteria would take, like, the leftover goulash and send it home with my dad at night so we could eat. You know, we had nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's just kind of how it was, and that's how we, 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 we grew up. So, you know, everything that I have, you know, I've earned. Yeah. And I appreciate it so much more because I've earned it. But you know people would say that because when they see what you've done, they're like, okay, this is another, this is another dude's got money telling us how to take a risk, right? No, that's okay. I think it's hugely important, though, to know that, no, the initial risk, it was a big one. Yeah. Well, you know, number one, in anything you do in life, people don't really know who you are. True story. Right. I mean, you get up and you meet so many people, and I, I would say a handful of people probably know who the hell I really am, right? Yeah. That other group of people can make assumptions, uh, put other ideas in their head of what they think I might be or where I came from, but they don't know. How come I got cursed with knowing who you are? <laughs> yeah, I've uh, never told anyone, though. Just because you let me play first base, man. <laughs> never told anybody <laughs> your shit. <laughs> All right, we got to go to this because this is always a funny story yeah, that yeah, I yeah. can totally remember. Tell me about this... Uh, was a palm reader tarot oh, card yeah, shit? Yeah. Well, so going back, it's, it's that meltdown I had in like 08, 09. It was 09. It was 09. Because literally, here's the thing, you know, so I, I was helping with this. Uh, I owned uh, a part of a chain of pizza restaurants, right? Right. Good pizza, too, by the oh, way. Oh, it is really good pizza. Damn Still good pizza, right? Yeah. But the thing about it is, is I, I would, you know, I was an owner uh, of, the, of the franchise, but... I would always get sucked into doing a lot of the work. And I, that's not why I was in that thing, right? <laughs> so I was getting, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I got a freaking phone call. They, need, they needed pepperoni <laughs> at a location that they didn't have pepperoni. And so I would have to drive. They said, listen, the only place that has pepperoni, you can have to drive and get it. So it's a Sunday afternoon. I'm driving to, you know, an hour to go pick up a case of pepperoni to bring it back to the store. How does a pizza place not have pepperoni? It's I like the number one. It was Sunday, pizza. and the, the, the delivery was coming on Monday, and they you know, so they had a good week. All right, right. All right. Good week. 
But so I'm coming back, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I literally was melting down. I mean, I was overworking myself. I had 13 companies. So many people were depending on me to do so much. And so and you're getting pepperoni. Oh, my God. I was getting pepperoni on a Sunday. <laughs> and so I go to bed this night. It's, it's the weirdest thing ever, right? And I have this, and I don't know if it was a dream, an out-of-body experience. I don't know what the hell it was, but there's this <laughs> thing floating over me, and it's just saying the number nine to me all night. Like, nine, nine. Were you drinking? Nine. No, I should have been. Okay. I was just having a breakdown, <laughs> right? And so I get up the next morning. I tell my wife, I'm like, you know, I said, I had this weird dream. I said, this person came to me. It was the number nine. It was all night long. And so, I, you know, I kind of Googled, you go see what it means. You know, you, what's the experience? So, yeah. so in, in the dream world, they're like, well, the number nine is one of two things. Uh, if you look at it biblically, uh, it's the end. It's the last chapter. It's death. Damn, I'm 9 1969, dude. Oh, you know, I'm 69 too. So then the other one, spiritually, it means rebirth, right? So I'm like, uh, okay. I like that better. Uh, what, what's going to be one or the other? So I told my wife, I was like, I just got to get out of town. I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody but you where I'm going because all these people are depending on me for way too much. I just need to unwind, get my mind back. And so I book a trip. I'm going to go out to LA. I'm going to go out to Venice Beach and hang out. And I book my trip. And I give it to my wife, and she looks at it, and she's like, she's like what? You're going to be gone for nine days? I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, <laughs> right? And then... That wasn't planned. No, it wasn't planned. <laughs> and then, then my brother-in-law calls me, and he goes, hey, you know you're going to be in, in uh, Venice on 9-9 of 09, right? I was like, ooh, that is kind of <laughs> weird, right? So then I'm thinking, well... Am I going out there to die? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it and so, and like. my wife's sitting there. My wife's going, man. She's like, I don't know if I want you to go. This is it. She's like, you better stay. I was like, you know, I got chest tightness. I, I got to go. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but so I, I go out there, and I still remember this. I'm sitting uh, on this rooftop deck on nine nine of 09 at nine o'clock, and I look over, and there's this like a you know a full, I don't know what are they called like a psychic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Right across the street. It's like. Those what you see all the time with the, the glowing yeah, neon the hand, hand in the yeah. window, you know. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm supposed to walk over there. Never <laughs> been to one. Don't believe in psychics. Don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm like, but you're going. But, but I'm going over there, right? <laughs> so I walk across the street. I knock on the door, and this lady opens it up. And I was like, when I go in there, I'm not going to tell her anything. I'm not going to give her anything to play off of. You know, because I'm already kind of like, yeah, I, I don't believe it. And that's it. So but don't you think she already knew it was Rodman Schley that's walking in the door? She's like, I know that guy. No, she's probably like, who in the hell is this coming at 9 <laughs> o'clock at night, knocking on my door? What was she dressed like? I don't even remember. I, I have a, she didn't like have on one of them like a, tiara a, things like and all that. Like a gypsy hat yeah. and everything? Yeah, no, I don't know. On? Let's just say yes. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, that makes the story, story better, right? <laughs> but the woman, so I come in, I sit down, and the woman looks at me. Well, was she like weird or anything? Like no, when no, you sit no, down, no, were you like, no, no. oh, geez. Not weird. She just had me sit down and I sat, I didn't say a word. Like literally did not say a word. This woman went on to blow me away. I'm, I mean, to the point of, she was saying, the first thing that she said to me and she goes, she goes, you know, you own a lot of businesses. She goes, and your primary business is real estate related. And I was just like, holy shit. Right? I mean, how, how in the world? No, number mm, one. Dude, you reek a realtor, though. <laughs> you really do. No, I don't Fancy know. Fancy shoes. Uh, maybe. Okay, well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. She had that or car dealer. I mean, she, where yeah. was she going with it? Well, she started talking about everything. She started talking about my mom's cancer. And, and my, my, my mom just caught into remission. And, yeah. And, you know, or came, you know, she just went into remission. And she goes, well, you know, your she said my mother's just gone. She said exactly what was the case with I my mother's cancer, crazy. right? And, you know, she goes into all this stuff and um, down to the point where at one point she, she said, did you say the name Gus to me? I was like, no, because I hadn't said nothing. And Gus is my father-in-law. She goes, well, Gus has a son, Nick, which is my brother-in-law. And she goes, somebody just wants to say thank you for taking care of Nick. And at that point, I mean, I'm like, I've got to get the hell out of here, right? But she told me, she said, you know, if you don't change what you're doing, if you don't change how you're doing it and start to bring a creative outlet into your life, you're going to kill yourself. You're just, you know, you're going to weigh yourself down to a point where you're not going to make it. Yeah. And so, needlessly, I ran my ass back across the street, <laughs> went and got under my covers and cried all night. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was a revelation of, okay, you know, here, here's somebody who I, in a million years I would have said, no way. 
Yeah. That I called my wife and I said, I, I just cannot believe. And, and there was a whole slew of other things that, that were not coincidence. They weren't general things. I know. Sometimes that's crazy. So specific, right? But I kind of felt like, you know, maybe I was sent out there to hear the message. Yeah, right. And came back. I changed some things. Yeah, right now I've got uh, one company. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've liquidated. I've sold. Uh, done very well. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't give them away, though. No, I didn't give. No, them away. you I, sold. I had some good <laughs> acquisitions, <laughs> right. and I'm pretty excited let's, about let's that. Let's not pretend like you were out there <laughs> like, oh man, I'm gonna liquidate this shit and just give it away. No, no, you no, no I sold it all. I did. I did. I'm happy. You I, brought that killer I'm, tractor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My lawnmower. Did you even have to buy that? I did. I had to buy that one because when you when you built that house, that was all of urban conversion. Yeah, so, you know, we did have a lot of good sponsors on the show that, that provided a lot of stuff that we did in the house. So, I mean, a lot of your house is like wicked green, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, we we're, we're in the process of being uh, a lead platinum certified home. So, I mean, literally our house, our, our walls are bulletproof. Yeah. Just the thick, you know, and the insulation value is incredible on them. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot, of, a, a lot of time and a lot of love in that house. Yeah. It's so, an awesome house. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's a great piece of property. Yeah. Yeah, the whole party out there with the band and the food <laughs> trucks, that was all good. And, and the rainstorm. In the rainstorm. Yeah, it was, was good. good. <laughs> then we retreated in, drank whiskey. Yeah, it was perfect. Pappy. Yeah, Pappy. It love was good. Pappy. That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that was the you whole remember experience. that night? Oh, barely. <laughs> barely. That was I had to let night. myself out. You know, just again, I just love being surrounded by people. I, I've just been blessed in life to have so many good people just around me and uh, always coming in Dude, and out of my totally life. Totally you. Well, totally you. You maybe, but I'm lucky. I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate those blessings. Yeah, lucky, but you welcome it. Mm. And I think you know when you talk about a show on entrepreneurism, you know, I, I think you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't like. Yeah, maybe don't like's a strong word. I, if if you. If you want to go get motivated and hear the top 10 reasons of being an entrepreneur or whatever else, <clears throat> I think you take that back and you're like, that's, you know, yeah, I learned some things. I got a little bit motivated. But the way you do entrepreneurship is through love, through connection, through networks, through uh, doing the right thing, being authentic. That, to me, is entrepreneurship. That's what keeps these things coming back around for you all of the time. And I think, you know, a lot of times people get into this whole, they take entrepreneurship as a business-type strategy, and I don't think that works. Well, I tell everybody I'm the worst salesman. You are. In the world. And, I, you know, that's the thing. I, I'm all about the relationship. Everything that I've ever built has been about, about the relationship, building it around people, uh, building it around trust, building it around people wanting to do business with me. Uh, but if you put me in a sales position, I'm horrible. Yeah. I'm horrible. Yeah, it's just not, no. You're, and you, you do, you have this... You have this magnetism to you. People want to want to do it, uh, and, and I think you abuse that by making them buy you lunch <laughs> all the time. It kind of pisses me off now. Uh, that I think about it. That was like three times. I miss that place down there. I, I, that was a neat place. I know. I know. It's well. You sold that building though. Yeah, we. So we yeah. You know, I still go down there though. We've uh, one of the one of the companies that uh, acquired that a company. Uh, still has us in that building, so I still do some stuff for them. Yeah, that was that was that was a neat little place. I love Edgewater, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool cool joint. Yeah. So you ended up getting to this point now. Now, what charges you? Well, there's a lot of things that charge me. You know, it, it, one of the things is it, it's kind of like I think there's three phases in life, right? I think when you get up and when you first start, you're, you're new, you're learning, you're experiencing, you're coming out of college, you're trying to figure it out. And you don't know who the hell you are when you're 20 or 30, right? Uh, I thought I, I was way smarter than, uh, well, I thought I was way smarter than I really was, <laughs> right? But at the same time, I, I really didn't know what or why or what, what I was doing. Uh, and you learn, you grow, you take that path. Then when you get, you know, maybe in your 30s, and everybody's got different growth patterns, you know, they might hit it in a different stride or a different age. But you kind of figure it out. You lock it in and go, oh, shit, okay, that's how this works. Yeah. Then you start going down that path. You start doing. You start experiencing. You start uh, using your knowledge. You start uh, really working what you've learned. Now, you seem to be a doer versus a reader. Well, I, I, I enjoy reading. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, I, you seem like you jump in well, I, I all jump, the I, way in. I, I do jump all the way in. And, yeah. and, that was, you know, and that's part of the learning process, right? You never um, check the water temp. No. I mean, you know why? All in. Why? And you got to love what you're doing, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, you get you, you get to the point where you get to that phase three, right? Where phase three is like, I've done so much. Now 
now's time to take all that knowledge, take all those things you've learned, pass it back down to those people in phase one. Yeah. Who are just trying to figure it out, right? And I'm kind of like, I've kind of coming out of phase two and I'm going into phase three a little bit. It's like, man, it's time to take all this stuff and then push it back down. What's next for you? What is next for me? I don't know. <laughs> Find yeah. out tomorrow. No, it's part it, of being an entrepreneur. I, I kind of think that's what it is. I, I kind of think it's taking all this stuff, you know. It's, 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 it, it's doing these podcasts. It's going back and how can I teach? How can I take this, all this information, which is incredible, yeah, and just give it to people. Am I going to get on your podcast? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> just joking. Slim chance in hell. <laughs> you know, I'd tell me about your podcast. What are you know doing? I'd love to have you. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so it's going to be a new podcast. It's the uh, the Evolution Revolution is yeah. what I'm calling it. So if you think about again, think about all the stuff when you were twenty, say twenty, twenty five years old, thirty years old, whatever, learning. Man, we didn't have all this stuff. We didn't have the internet. Yeah, we didn't have all this stuff where you could learn exponentially, right? So yeah. what, what do I want to do? I want to be able to take all this stuff. It, it might have taken me 10 years to learn what I learned, but I want to take that information and give it to people so they can learn it in five. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Take five years off of that learning curve. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to take that knowledge. I want to give it to people. I want to take off of their learning curves, and I, I want to talk to the, the, the best and the brightest people, and I want to talk about that one moment in time, that one moment. Where was your turning point? Yeah. Where were you sitting when you said, oh, shit, I got this thing dialed in? Because yeah. everybody's got one. Yeah, I'm hoping next year's mine. <laughs> I'm like, one oh, more year. Next yeah, year, yeah, I'm yeah. dialing this in. Mm. <laughs> and that's what we do at True Talk. That's exactly what we do. We take these stories mm -hmm. for people so that they, they can fast forward their lives, right? Yeah. And, man, I, I can tell you right now, I'll watch your shit. I, even if no one else does, <laughs> I certainly will. Cause I've I got like three views, man. Dude, I have enjoyed the hell out of it, and I enjoy the hell out of you, and I will tell you, anybody who does watch that mm. is truly getting the most authentic person they can possibly get. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, you s everybody's doing a podcast now. Everybody's doing everything, and that authenticity, I think, is there, and even, even Urban Conversion just completely shows you that authenticity's there. I mean, it's just there. Well, and, and that's the only reason that works. I mean, I mean, people watch Urban Conversion and they see just what it is. I mean, they see me being a jackass at times and my wife shaking her head like, "What in the hell did I <laughs> she marry?" She does that a lot, by the way. I know, yeah, yeah. on and off camera, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's 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 the same thing and it's the truth. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're not living authentically, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's gonna right? end. It's gonna end. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is life is short. I mean, it's really short. We are a freaking blip. Oh my God, producer Chad, how many times do I say this? You've got seventy-six years on the average. Yeah. What are you gonna do with them? Yeah. I've just realized I pissed fifty of them away, so now I've got twenty-six I left know. to do something amazing. Yeah, but when you're in your twenties, you think you're invincible. You think True you know. Story. I, you think what? I'm untouchable. I'm invincible. I'm immortal. You know. Yeah. But man, when you start to get there, you start going, man. You start to think about mortality, and you're thinking, well, man. I, here's the thing. I just don't want to get to the end. I don't want to be sitting on that deathbed looking at my kids going, shit, I left this on the table. Man, you ain't got to worry about that. Yeah. I want to shake. I want to nod my head at him and I want to say, girls, everything I, I wanted to try, I tried. Sometimes I fucked it up. <laughs> but you know what? I tried it. I went out and I gave it a shot. You did. Sometimes I won. Sometimes I lost. And, and you say you say you did, but there's still things I, I kind of go, man, Man, did I spend too much time there? Should I have been doing, doing this? I still got uh, plenty of list left. You and I have had this talk about balance. Mm -hmm. We've had that discussion. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing I got to give you credence, man. You have balanced it out amazingly well. That's not easy. Mm. Well, it's tough sometimes. And the thing about it is, is, you know, if you don't have the balance, you know how it is with family, right? I mean, family's number one. Family's yeah. awesome. You got to have... Uh, that's your core. That's what you come home to every night, right? And so you, you've got to have enough balance. And, I'm, you know, I get on the road quite a bit, and my family's very supportive of that. But, man, when I am home, I am home. Yeah. You've got 100% of me. What do you want to do? Let's do it. I think that's important for people to know because, uh, again, as much as you've done and the balance you've done, I mean, it, it's nothing short of impressive, man. Yeah. It's wicked impressive. Well, man, are you going to blow me up on your podcast like this? I don't know. It's man. almost ad nauseum over Maybe. here. Maybe. I got it's, it's, to write a list. <laughs> Maybe, can you give me a list? I'll of send you a send list of exactly <laughs> what to say. <laughs> That's why none of this was done beforehand. Perfect. It would have been unauthentic had we done that. Yeah. But no, that, that's a key ingredient. Um, 
being an entrepreneur like that, that much stuff and how you managed to do all that, impressive. A lot of stuff, though, you kept pretty close to home. Yeah. And that I think that helps. You got to. I mean, the thing is, here's the thing, too. Is it's kind of like I've got these incredible kids, right? And, and every single day I get up, I want to be a living example for them. You know, half the stuff I do, matter of fact, probably more than half the stuff I do is for them. Uh, every time I teach anything, I'm always thinking, what do I want my kids to know? What do I want my girls to grow up understanding? What do I want them to understand when I'm not here? And that's what I try to record. You know, bo both you and I, I think, have the same exact philosophy. People have asked me at times, they're like, um, what do you do all this stuff? You know, how much money do you need to make? How much, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, I've traveled everywhere. I've done, I've had any car that I thought was cool at some mm -hmm. point or not. Yeah. And, and now I'm, I got an old man SUV because it just feels good to just kind of cruise in. You versus that sports car yeah. shit. And you're like, man, my back's <laughs> killing me now. Did you just grow oh, out of it? You know, know, I know. I've turned into my dad. You know, I he's know. all about the caddy. He's like, because it's smooth. And, and, you know, now I'm thinking, damn, man, was he right, right? I uh, know. But one of the things that, that I tell everybody, and this is the most authentic I can ever be, I can never, money to me at the end of the day, I see myself sitting out there with my wife, which outkicked my coverage too, by the way. Way. Way outkicked it. Way outkicked yeah. it, yeah. yeah. I l used to lie back then until I had way more money <laughs> than I did. But at the end of the day, man, I, I want to be that old dude, just like my dad, just like my mom and dad. And I want to be sitting out there on that front porch. And I want to know that my kids and my grandkids get to do what they want to do, mm -hmm. not what they have to do. Yeah. Because, man, it, it, there's, there's nothing that I really haven't done that I want to do so bad where I would go kill myself for money. Right. Well, and everybody stresses about money. It doesn't matter what level We've you're at. We've all done it at one point. It doesn't matter what level you're at in life. I mean, you know, money's just money. I mean, the thing is, is and we're all going to, I say money's just money, but we're all going to stress about it anyway at times. Absolutely. But, you know. More money, more problems. And that's, and that's the truth, right? And, and everybody, every single human being is the same. I mean, people look at, uh, you look at celebrities, or you look at a, a lot of people who are at the highest levels. Man, they have the same stresses. Matter of fact, their stresses might be like 20 times your yeah. stresses. Yeah, because they can't go back down to the normal no. anything. No. Yeah, true story. And so, you know, people are people. That's Tell me about your kids. Oh. What, uh, what, what are their personalities? Uh, you know, my, my youngest one's a lot of my wife, even though she's a ham at times. Like, she'll come in, and she'll say stuff, and I just laugh, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's not, not anything your mother would ever say. You get that from <laughs> me. Uh, my, old, my oldest one, you know, she's, she's the firstborn. She's pretty serious, you know, and that. Yeah. But uh, but man, both of them love life. I mean, they get up, they're funny, they're awesome. Uh, they make me smile every day. They Are they going to be entrepreneurs? They'll be whatever the hell they want to be. You <laughs> know what I mean? And I, I preach that to them every day. I'm like, because I, I tell you, even uh, my, my oldest daughters even come to me sometimes and goes, Dad, I don't know if I can live up to all of what you've done. I'm like, get that out of your head right now. It doesn't matter. What, what I've done matters 0%. What really matters is you get up and you're doing what you like to be doing. I don't give a shit what that is. So, you know, I already know what my kids are going to do, though. Take Eric's going to be you? in a band. Yeah. Or they, one of them better take yeah. care of me. <laughs> you know, they, one of them better pick up that deal. Uh -huh. my, my daughter, who's my middle child, mm -hmm. she's going to be an attorney. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. I mean, that girl argue with the best of anybody. <laughs> and my little guy, he's just going to end up working for me, man. He'll be like, screw that work stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do what you do. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's, it's so crazy how kids are different, right? Yeah. But girls, oh, jeez. No, it's, it's, it's personalities, right? Everybody's got a different, everybody's got a different personality. And so, you know, whatever you do in life, you just got to make it about you. You got to make it about your, again, get up, do whatever the hell you want to be doing. If you're not doing that, stop it. All right. Well, I'm going to see it. how authentic you are right now. Yeah. What do you want to know? Coming at you. <laughs> Hardcore. Coming at me. Wrecking ball. <laughs> you push your kids to go to college? Um... You oh, that sucks, that doesn't it? We weren't ready for that one. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a, why that's we didn't a, script that shit. That's a tough one. But here's the thing. Um, if, if my children came to me and said, college is not for me, this is what I'm doing, go try it. I mean, seriously. For all you folks out there who are listening going, man, he better say my kids better be going to college. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember a thing that I learned in college that's helping me right now in what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And my nephew, 18 years old, graduated valedictorian of his class, class of like 500 people in uh, right outside of Kansas City, Missouri, right? Could have went anywhere he wanted, free, smart as hell. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to go to college. 18 years old, says, I'm going to go get my broker's license. 
I'm going to go do this real estate thing. And he'll yeah. be successful as hell. Well, he, he's, he's smart as can be, right? And, yeah, he's, he's going to go do what he wants to be doing. And he's going to be successful. At it. And I've watched him. I've watched him. He's come out. He, he's wanted to intern for me. Uh, so I, I brought him out a little bit. And I've watched him sit there and do the work. Yeah. Right? He's watching you the whole time. But he's doing the damn work. So many people want the success without doing the work, right? This kid's 18 years old and understands right out of the gates that, okay, I could be smart, I could be whatever, but if I'm not doing the work, I'm not going to be successful. And he's in there doing the work. So coming back to your question. I was going to say, I was just going to tell everybody, that's what entrepreneurs do. So you mm. totally changed the question. <laughs> you well, were dodging that like a dodgeball turn. But if my kids come back to me and they say, Dad, I don't think I want to go to college. And they say, this is what my passion is. This is where my, my heart lies. You're like, well, let's go where your heart lies. All in. And then guess what? I, if then it comes back, you go, well, maybe I'll go back and try that college thing. Fine, too. Dude, you can always do it, right? Right. That's what I tell my kids. I, You know, I think we were in that generation where you went to college. Yeah. You did. And then you get out and you do that. Mm -hmm. And then you end up miserable. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to try this entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You still can't spell it, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> and then you go do these things, and all of a sudden you find that passion, mm -hmm. right? But a lot of us found that passion, I think, later in life. Well, you know, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur when I was 12 years old, man. I mean, there's no doubt. We had no money, right? So my, my dad had, in the summer, I was working. And so, you know, I'm in the hills of Nebraska, and my dad's like, going, okay. He's like, you're going to go work for this company where you walk these sand hills out in rural Nebraska, and there's this <laughs> thing called uh, a thistle. And it's a noxious weed. Goat head, right? Well, it's got this red flower on top okay, of maybe it. Maybe that's not the goat head. I don't know. Because I've hunted in Nebraska and they're, they freaking are hurt. Like, they'll pop your damn tire, dude. Well, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, want, you don't want to be an out of stater. But anyway, so, so they have me. So I want $3.10 an hour. I'm walking these hills and you got to pop the head off this thing and you got to cut the weed because the state makes you do it or the county makes you do it, right? Because it's a weed that'll just take over. Yeah. So I'm out there $3.10 an hour. Getting up at four in the morning, you coming home. It's like noon. And I was like, Dad, I don't want to cut these thistle anymore. You know, it's. I, he's like, Well, figure out another way to make some money, and uh, we'll talk about it. So I was like, Okay. So what I did is I got these rubber car mats, and I cut out this template with uh, like a square and then these numbers, right? And I said, Dad, I'm going to go door to door, and I'm going to offer to paint people's addresses on their curbs for five <laughs> bucks, right? I had a I had a freaking... What'd Dad say? Well, he kind of looked at me like he's crazy, but, you know... Was he an entrepreneur type guy, too? Well, he was the, the high school principal, right? And, he, okay. and he would encourage... He was like, okay, okay. You know, he would encourage me to go, and so I had a cardboard box that I cut holes in with this rope around it. I had spray paint. I had my, <laughs> my, you know, my numbers in that, and I'd go door to door. I was selling five an hour. I was making $25 an hour. <laughs> painting these addresses on, on curbs and I come home my dad's like how much you make <laughs> and I told him I was like shit maybe I should do that <laughs> like here's a template I'm selling like, them for $40 yeah, how are you making more money than me at this <laughs> right so so I kind of figured out really quick how much more money you could actually be making working for yourself versus walking the hills of Nebraska cutting down weeds yeah 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 that's where it started you know what we mentioned your dad a lot um I want to know those people that uh, who really influenced you, though. Mm -hmm. Who's your big influencers? You don't have to say me, even though it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, just about to. say I know. You I didn't want. It. I, it's embarrassing. But I held back. I I, yeah, I don't want to embarrass you. Hey, don't embarrass show, me. You yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who had influence on me. Like you know, just my dad. Even though he, you know he was an educator, was an on, an entrepreneur, uh, but he grew up in northern Minnesota, and uh, out of his uh, siblings, he was the only one who graduated from high school, and then went on to get a PhD in education. Yeah. Right, so, so somebody like that who, who worked their way, you know, could have very easily just been a miner up in northern Minnesota, uh, instead of figuring out a way to to be successful in, in in what he wanted to do, which was being a teacher and teaching kids, and then being an educator and superintendent of schools. You know, that, that that's an incredible story in itself. You bet. Um, my grandfather was the entrepreneur. You know, he he owned a hardware store back in Nebraska. Mom's dad uh, or dad's dad? It would be my mom's dad. Okay. Uh, I incredible man. I mean, he. A jokester. I mean, this guy literally uh, was pulling pranks on me, like twenty four seven. I I never knew when I was gonna get get hit with a prank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember getting up one morning to to go hunting. You know, we used to hunt in Nebraska, of course. 
you get up early, you get up before the sun's coming, because you have to be out there when oh, the sun's honey. breaking, right? Yeah. And so I remember getting up one morning and getting ready to go uh, go hunting, and I, and I go to pull up my pants. You know how sometimes you go to pull up your pants and your pant leg is like flipped over, and so you can't pull your leg through, and you have to really kind of force it through. So I'm sitting there at like four in the morning. I'm trying to force my leg through the pant leg and trying to. And finally, I look down, and the night before, my grandfather had put away my grandmother's sewing machine, <laughs> and he sewed my <laughs> pant leg straight across at the knee. <laughs> and so here I'm trying to pull my pants up, and I it's four in the morning, and I gotta you know. Come on, Rodman, what the hell are you doing? Uh, they're sewing shut. He's just <laughs> giggling, and I'm just going, oh Jesus. <laughs> but but he was he was an incredible man. He was one of those guys who. Um, I, I never saw him raise his voice. Uh, he was an incredible father, an incredible grandfather. Any times I, I had a sporting event, whatever it might have been, uh, you know, when I was high jumping, I'd look in there, he'd be standing at the, at the outside of the fence and, yeah. uh, with a big smile and uh, kind of soft-spoken, but one of those guys who's just, oh, my God. A rock. I, I would take this guy back uh, a, a million times over. There's not a day that, you know, I've got pictures of him up all over the place. He's he's just such a big part of the fabric of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I know mom was too. Yeah, my mom was my mom was great. You know, my mom passed to cancer maybe about five, six years ago now. Yeah. Uh, but w- what an incredible spirit, right? I mean, she was, she was one of those ladies who would give the shirt off her back. If you think about uh, who I am as a giver, uh, it definitely comes from her. Where that came from. Oh, my gosh. I, the, the number of people who came out when she passed on and the stories they told um, were, were just incredible about her. She, she was just an incredible woman. You know what, what you find as a, um, as a general rule, people who are successful, and especially in, in entrepreneur, anything that you're successful in, they always have these stories. There's always that person that, that you know, makes up their entire fabric. And it's usually a combination mm-hmm. of people, right? Yeah. Uh, but they have that story. That's one of the commonalities of success is there's certain people along the way. And then I've documented so many stories over the years that, you know, uh, sometimes people don't have that. And then they just, and then they kind of take that low road. But it's like, no, no, no. Listen, if, if you didn't have that, you got the greatest opportunity to give that to someone else. And that's what I love about your third phase. You're giving back, mm-hmm. giving that knowledge back. I mean, that's admirable, man. That's that's like that's what we try and do too. You know, we're trying to give people some peace of mind, give them some happiness, give them something. Because um, I, I, you know, I, I don't have a bad growing up story, man. My life's mine's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this: the greatest thing that ever happened to me was uh, building my parents a house. And yeah. of course, I always tell my dad, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. why the hell couldn't you been Bill Gates? <laughs> I mean, what is this shit? I would have taken that <laughs> right. money, man, and Come ran on. with yeah. it, right? Yeah. What, what were you doing back then? But, you know, my dad has an eighth grade education. Yeah. And uh, probably one of the, probably the most influential person in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you don't need a PhD to learn from people, man. No, and, and you can learn. The, the opposite is true also. You've got the incredible people in your life that have always brought you up. But it, it's a lot of the crap that you go through in life, too, yeah, that really true story. builds who you are, man, builds that character. Um, you know, and, you know, the thing is, is, you know, it, it hasn't ever been easy. It's like my, my childhood was actually really, really pretty tough. You know, but at the same time, I wouldn't go back and change any of it. Yeah. Because, man, I sit here right Part now. Part of the fabric. I get up. I, mean, I was talking to my kids today, and uh, my they're talking about how I met my wife and how she had come to this, this social gathering at party I had at my house. And my, my kids were talking about that. And I was like, I looked at my youngest and said, you know what? I'd be really glad that your, your, your mother came to my house that night because you would not be sitting right here in this kitchen right now. So, well, how did you meet Gina? At a party. You threw the party. I remember this story. Oh, yeah. No, no Gina came, you know, and, and you know, you've met Gina. I know her enough to know yeah, she's just a phenomenal death. woman, right? Yeah. Um, but Sometimes she, those don't make sense. She came. She was she's a little bit younger than me. I think she's about ten years younger than me. <laughs> right? But she came to a, a social gathering at my house. And uh, when she came into town, she was she was engaged. She was an engaged woman, and uh, she came with a friend of mine. And I remember meeting her. And I said, "Oh, you're engaged. That's fantastic. You know, that's congr- not what you said. You congr- said you are hot. No, no, I didn't say that. I said." <laughs> I said congratulations. Then I said uh, so much for authenticity. On I this asked her. I asked her. I said, "Have you set a date yet?" And she's like, "No, no date yet." I was like, "Well, great. I have some time to steal your way then." <laughs> of course, she was like, "Asshole." Did she fall for that shit? <laughs> no, Obviously. She, uh, no, she literally turned around. She's like, "Asshole." <laughs> but 
six months later we're dating, and then a year later I think we were, we were married. So, <laughs> That's a, it's an awesome story. Yeah, she was she was perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. No, she is. And you know that's the other part of entrepreneurship. If you don't have that that person mm-hmm. that supports every crazy freaking ass idea you have, it's not gonna work. Yeah, it's not gonna work. No, I, I agree. And you you know you either got, one the relationship or the business. You, you've got to you've got to have that trust in one another, and it's tough. It can be tough sometimes, you know, because because like we said We're earlier, all been there. Th- there's failure that comes with this. Th- there's no getting around failure as an entrepreneur. No getting around it. True story. So if you want to be married to an entrepreneur and you think that he's going to be successful all the time and you're not going to have to s- you know y- to lift him up at times, you're wrong. You shouldn't be with that person. True story. And I, I guarantee you talk to every single entrepreneur and they'll tell you that story of when they were sitting in their apartment or they were sitting in their whatever, they're sitting in their car and they're th- saying, man, they, they might have been at their end. Yeah. But, but that was a turning point. Or then they found that success. They found that next place. They stayed the course, and then they made it happen. If you're with a person who's with you when you're at your lowest and when you're at your highest, keep that person. Man. Yeah, true story. Keep I mean, I, I can vouch for that. I mean, I think, I know my wife, she rolls her eyes a lot. Well, she's got good reason. She's got damn good <laughs> reason. She rolls her eyes like, you're doing what? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know what my my wife is uh, she is a mom, period. That's where she is. That's her and she kills it. House. No, she, she kills, kills it. it. Yeah, her dad, you know, stable dude, mm-hmm. worked the nine to five thing. Mm-hmm. His, his, you know, her mom was a, was actually the entrepreneur. She was a hairdresser, and let me tell you, she's seventy some now, still mm-hmm. killing it. As a matter of fact, um, uh, this lady worked her fingers of bone, and she ended up. Uh, retiring very wealthy. I yeah. mean, they've done extremely well on mm-hmm. hair, let me tell you. And um, But it, that was a big curve for my wife because I was always that stable guy. I always yep. brought home, you know, we, we had made a good living, and then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, by the way, I'm going to start putting all this book stuff out, and then I'm going to do all this stuff. And it was tough. Yeah. Dude, it was a no-bullshit deal. And uh, we had two different personalities. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit of time for us to kind of figure that out a little bit. And uh, luckily, unlike you, I'm not stubborn, but um, oh, shit. yeah, so it worked out. But <laughs> but still to this day, you know, that's what I think yeah. people need to get is, uh, listen, man, it's a team effort. And if you marry or date an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I can't spell, I can't even <laughs> say the damn word. You are. If you date one or marry one, shit gets real. Yeah. I, I mean, they've got to have... Number one, personalities are personalities, right? I mean, so either A, if you're an entrepreneur and you're married to somebody who who is a very corporate America type person and they think that you should get up, you should be at work at nine, you should be home at five, and then you you marry something else, uh, it's got to be a tough go. I mean, you've got to make adjustments because that person's person, and, and they're not going to change. That personality's not going to change. No. You're, you're not changing me. No. Well, you couldn't change me when I was 20. You're not changing me. <laughs> well, sure as hell not changing me when you're 50, right? I mean, so you really got to find that person who can get up and look you in the eyes and go, oh, God, man. Like, are you, sh- you really <laughs> F that one up, hon? And, but be, I know you're going to nail the next one. Yeah. And go for it. I know you're going to get the next one. And that, there's, there's so much truth to that success. I mean, that is a huge part of anyone's success is that support group. For sure. Support group. Well, buddy, I tell you what, I knew it'd be fun having you on. Yeah. It's always this has been it, great. I knew it was going to be great. I might have you on mine. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, if you're paying for lunch, Absolute you're on. Bullshit. You're right. See, that's probably <laughs> it. I'd be like, dude, I'll have you on my podcast, but you got to buy lunch. Exactly. Hey, can I put a horse on your property? Uh, No. Okay. No horses. Uh, my, my wa- we've got bees. That. we got chickens. Can't my wife talked about goats. I'm like, no. Now, even the chickens. Hot the, goat the, yoga. The chickens keep going under the fence to my neighbors. My neighbors keep knocking on the door, you know, like, hey, <laughs> get your chickens out of my planting beds. <laughs> do you, do you uh, get eggs? Yeah, we get a lot of eggs. Have you started and selling And it's them? great in quarantine. No, we're not selling them now because we're in quarantine, man. We Food's a, a, a valuable commodity right now. Is that? Are you going to have a chicken egg business? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. If she wants to do it, she can gonna do wa- it. We're going to walk into King Sewers and see. No. Rodman egg, no. whatever they call it. No. If my <laughs> wife wants to do it, uh, she can do it. But, uh, you know. That's Where they lay their eggs at? You like have a hen coop thing? Yeah, you know, they've got, I don't know, so like a laying box is what they're called. And you go in there and you open it up and you look and there's a whole bunch of chicken crap. 
and eggs. And you're like, well, okay, I, I guess. We'll wash the eggs, I guess, right, babe? So, it, you know, and people really should go out. They, they should go out. They should check out. Uh, it's She Grows Flowers is my wife. She Grows, yeah. which is great. I mean, she's all about. Is that a uh, website? Um, you, you can go to shegrows.com and find her, her stuff. Yeah. It's fantastic. She's amazing. And it's all about not only growing flowers, but it's about um, women and growing as, as, as a woman and, and empowerment. And So again, uh, here she goes entrepreneurship. She went from <sighs> flowers to now she's, she's blooming into that. You she's know, she, well, she took me at the party. We went through that, that whole thing that mm-hmm. she was doing. And it was like, damn, girl, you know a lot about this stuff. She's blowing me away right now. Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, she, she worked so hard. She was an incredible mother, and now she is an incredible entrepreneur. So Gina Chicken uh, Eggs is coming out. And, uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Gina Hot uh, Yoga, Goat Yoga. <laughs> but definitely go check her out. Check me out, uh, GoRodman.com, yes. if you want to find me. So uh, I, I just do, you know, I'm just giving right now. Dude, you're, you're like one of the most amazing people in the world. You uh, really are. Shut up. You did, and you didn't pay me for that. No, you didn't I, buy me lunch. I, I might buy you lunch. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, amazing person. Say it yeah. again. Where we go find her? Uh, Shegrows.com. Shegrows.com. And then go Rodman.com. Just because you can never say you can never say my last name Schley. How do you go RodmanSchley.com? That's a terrible name. What Rod- is that? What's the origin of that? I don't know. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I think we're yeah. I think we're a little bit of everything. A little bit of mutt. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, man. Uh, I knew it was going to be amazing. And uh, Gina, love you. Kids, love you. you guys are all. Yeah, I love you too, man. Right on, brother.